Hello everybody and welcome to today's live stream. I hope everybody can see and hear me loud and clear. And um, yeah, today is a little different uh, topic, a little, little different um, theme because usually um, yeah, if you're following me or watching my content, uh, that's usually very business related uh, business strategy, technology, marketing, and um, all around that. And um, yeah, today we're talking about something a little different where I uh, have close to zero expertise. Um, today we talk um, a little bit more about, or generally speaking, about art, um, maybe a little bit about design, and maybe also a little bit about um, yeah, digital art, uh, technology, and the, the intersection. Because um, yeah, on the one hand, I think um, everybody can agree that the internet uh, over the last 10, 20 years uh, yeah, really removed a lot of gatekeepers and a lot of hurdles um, for people to access the market. And in that case, for artists uh, yeah, to maybe get direct access um, to their clients or yeah, being independent artist and therefore um, yeah today we have a casual conversation um, about the current status quo of art and maybe um, yeah how it can be possible in 2022 and beyond to make a living or to be successful um, as an independent artist and um, yeah I have two guests today two independent artists um, from Jamaica and from Switzerland, um, Romain Lewis from Jamaica and Victoria Kessler from Morning. Switzerland, from Zurich, if I'm correctly. And uh, yeah, Romain is in Kingston right now. So we have a very international um, yeah, panel today and uh, probably also international guests. So um, yeah, welcome guys. First of all, thanks for taking the time and uh, yeah, sharing your experience and your thoughts and um yeah maybe i think uh, yeah ladies first maybe victoria you can give a little introduction what are you doing what's what is yes, your, sure. your type of art and uh, yeah we just go from there thank you simon for your quick introduction so um i'm victoria i have been working as an artist for the last six years i'm based in zurich switzerland and um I would like to share my experiences about how I built my artist brand, how I um, built up a community that is eager to learn about my art and wants to buy my art. And yes, um, how it was able to build a couple of revenue streams to support my life as an artist. Yeah, I think um, in Germany we have the saying, um, Brotlose Kunst, which roughly translates to breadless art, um, if you want to say meaning. Yeah, often uh, if someone says, I'm an artist, that kind of implies that there's not much money um, to be made uh, into there. So, um, yeah, I think um, our audience, is, uh, or it's very helpful for, I think, a lot of artists out there to, yeah, to hear um, from you guys' experience. Romain, you want to go on and uh, yeah, share a little bit about you or your current status quo? Sure, no problem. Good morning. Um, thank you for having me. It's certainly a pleasure. Um, I don't think I've actually gotten to be in it, to be a part of a conversation with another artist and on a panel, on a forum to you know speak to how I had 
stop doing certain things. Um, for me, my journey is like half of Victoria. It started about three years ago. Um, so I did have a passion for from high school, but never pursued it. Um, and then I started drawing on some receipts, like literal receipts, and that turned into something profitable. Um, I had a few persons show interest, and then I moved on to doing ink on paper, and then where I was doing digital and some acrylic painting. Um, so it has been a very interesting three or so years. So I'm, I am looking forward to where the space can go, um, especially as a digital artist um, with the emergence of NFTs and just, I think, more present for art here in Jamaica. I think mm -hmm. the market is recognizing the talent here and uh, companies and individuals are putting support be behind the artists. So I'm happy to see that happening. So what I'm interested in, um, maybe you can um, share, or both of you can share, um, what in your experience are, let's say, classical ways to um, yet yeah, to monetize um, your um, art, because um, yeah, I think there is a classical way. Maybe that's different in in Europe or in Switzerland than um, in um, in Jamaica. And then maybe, um, as he mentioned, we can talk a little bit about. Maybe the future with um, NFTs and uh, yeah, other digital technologies. So, what are the classical ways? Um, if I say, okay, I think I can paint and I think I'm good and I think people could enjoy that, um, how could I make um, money out of that today if I'm not digitally yeah, firm in any way? So, as I am a painter, you do have a physical product. And it comes in different ways, like you have your original piece, maybe you have prints of the original piece. So there, are, there is a lot of ways how you can have a product. But um, I, I think it's like it's not that much about the product. It is about the community and um, it won't change even everything goes more into the digital space. It depends on having a community and a brand. So all these things are non-tangible and uh, important. If it's physical or if it's di digital, it's, it's about all about having a community. And so even though it's easy to enter the, the world uh, of I can put put out my products and um, I can market everything. And uh, it sounds so easy in a digital world. It depends um, on your com community. And if you don't have a community or if you don't want to put in the effort and the time to build up this community, you won't have any success in the market. And this won't change in the next years as well. And it's not just like if if you have um, a painting, you put it out there. Um, if no one sees it and if you have no reach, no one buys it. And it's the same for NFTs as well. If you don't have um, a story behind your NFTs, if you don't have someone that supports your vision, no nothing is going to happen. And this is a true fact. And 
so many people forget that entering the space they just think oh it's so easy i just create something and if it's physical or uh, non-tangible and i put it out there and everyone can do it and uh, it's it's easy it, it's not it takes a lot of time and it's it takes a lot of time to interact with uh, the people and it's all about the people and if if you're not skilled in all these things you won't have any success so but i wanted to ask Roman, what's your experience on that um, my experience is very similar to yours uh it's about the community it's about storytelling it's about mm -hmm. the persons understand who you are and so it is very important to know who you're communicating with um, I, I have said to other artists that it's not just putting out your work and how you feel. If you want to, then try to have a conversation. Try to see how your audience is. If you have intention of selling it, then mm -hmm. do as you please. But the marketing element is very important if you're trying to grow as a business person. There is the talent, and then there's the marketing. And a lot of persons, mm -hmm. artists, overlook the marketing. Um, similar to Victoria, we here, there's a lot of traditional work, if you will. We haven't fully embraced the digital art. Um, not even talking NFTs. Digital art as a decorative piece at home we're still very much into acrylics and sculptures and oil painting um, so those are the main pieces that will sell however we're seeing more digital artists put themselves out there um, what i do is i create a piece i use procreate if anyone is curious. Mm -hmm. yeah um, so i will have it transferred onto canvas um, mm -hmm. Depending on the piece, I limit it to one through five if it's something a little bit more exclusive, or I may have it generally. If I am limiting a piece, then it will come with a signed certificate of authenticity, dated reference number, and the image on there so that I can say and validity because I can't say something is limited and then have things to support that. So. A lot of persons, when they think digital art, they just assume that it's something mass-produced or something very commercial. Um, that's more graphic design kind of thing, um, because you can do pieces that look like painting the, on Procreate or whichever program you prefer. Um, it's just communicating with your audience and showing that they understand who you are mm -hmm. and what they're doing. And I think that's the key thing ensuring persons understand um, what you're presenting to them. Can you describe a bit your audience? Audience. My audience is, is very mixed, very blended. Um, so I actually have two pages on Instagram. I have a dedica dedicated art page and I have a personal page. Um, interestingly, a lot more happens on the personal page. I think yeah. before, because they get, they get to see more of the person behind it instead of mm -hmm. just periodic, yeah. um, posting up work. It's more engaging. Mm -hmm. So my audience, I do mainly conceptual art. 
I'm not good at portraits and anything like that. So I I look forward to, to concepts because it's like storytelling. And so I will grab and pull from different elements. And I think my audience is a reflection of there will be a piece where one person might like it and then no one else ever pays it any mind. Mm -hmm. And then something else where everyone is applauding and that one person is like, why would I ever want that? So it is all over, but through interactions and through feedback, I have yeah. to really understand who they are. And that does help with marketing. Mm -hmm. um, it does help to say, okay, if I'm making a piece, I can remember the 20 persons that positive feedback on this concept um, and, you know, see if I can engage them in another way. It's like if you're, if you're putting out music, what song was popular? What song were they singing over and over and over? And you use that feedback. Mm. So, yeah, I don't know if that's a good way to bring that though. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a true fact that you sell through your person. So it's not that much about the product. And it's not about that someone likes the design, the painting. It's about the storytelling. It's about people need to like you, that they want to buy something. And it takes time. People want to get to know you better before they, they buy something, uh, especially if it's higher priced. So it's not like um, in you buy instantly something and you see an ad on Instagram and it's something like, you know, for women, it's like buying fake lashes and stuff like that for uh, $15 from China. And this is, you know, an, an instant reaction. You, you buy something and um, for art, it uh, completely works differently. So um, you need to have a personal brand and uh, oftentimes people think it's like uh, being a crazy artist uh, with um, a crappy story. And, uh, you know, it's, it's like you need to share all your bad experiences in life and stuff like that. And I think it's it's not like that. It's you you need to have a story and everyone has a story. You need to be relatable. You need to um, talk to your audience with emotion and um, if you have a signature style it makes it even more yeah easier for people to relate okay. and to, to envision how um, your piece looks in their home and how the piece can enrich their own lives and so it's that's basically the secret but there's this is a I secret agree that takes time and effort and you need to <laughs> to be open to talk to people and it's it's time consuming to interact with people and you know um i, I think in in the past i i made the mistake that um i talked to too many people and um after a couple of years where i'm built up my collector space more um I want to connect to people that that I really um, like and they like me, they have the same values, they have the same energy and I don't want to, to market to, to everyone that has the money to buy something. It should be the, the same 
type of personality or the openness to to yeah to to share things and common values this is what definitely. what i want to do throughout the next years definitely and adding to to what you said you talk to a lot of persons you will get a lot of suggestions and you'll get the dms you'll get them saying why yeah. don't you do this and this and this and it's like you <laughs> have to know in yourself you want to express because it is so easy to get lost in a particular style and with social media you have pros and cons because you'll go online and see we're getting a lot of attention and an artist is always booked and busy and everything you tell it like should i try that um not necessarily you know i'm not seeing you guys okay so i'm gonna disappear for a second <laughs> <laughs> It's your show now. Right. Okay. <laughs> just yeah. trying something. All good. <laughs> okay. Right. So it's, it's, it's important to understand um, your language and your brand. I go by the friendly alien. Um, I don't have my logo or anything here, but it's like a um, And a lot of what I do is in keeping with being different and feeling thoughts and ideas, but you can, you can really get lost on social media with trying to find a style. Um, or think that you have to just do one thing to build an audience on it. I know a few yeah. artists who don't try something new because their core audience is used to one thing, but you're growing. You're growing as an individual. The way that you express yourself will change over and maybe you want a different medium or just a look to reflect where you are now. Or you could just be expressing, and that's valid. I think documentation helps as well. I think a lot of my journey and connection with my audience is because I document what I do. So from the works that are absolutely atrocious, atrocious, I can barely say that word, atrocious and should have never been made, I will still post them. I if I get new tools like my pens, I will post whatever I'm trying or thinking. Um, and persons understand that I'm not trying to sell them everything I put out. Um, you know when this is something that I am offering to you versus saying participate in my experimentation. So communication with them, having the results in yourself to this I want to do, and I'm going to stick with it, even if I don't get that initial love from the community. Let them grow with you. Yeah. yeah. I think, you know, it's like um, the selling part and the community part. Um, you get to know a lot of people and you share experiences and you learn a lot from these people. But it's like if yeah. you want to make a living from your art, it's it's good to to have boundaries and uh, to to um yeah to to know when it's time to ask for the sale or something like um it's it's like you support uh, my my art business by buying something it's not like i'm an inspiration giver and i i give and give and give and, and I don't want, want anything back. So it's like community and participation, but it's about the sales as well. And I, I think it's like yeah. um, a lot of artists, they're afraid 
that in the end it's about the sale so we need to live from something and um yes it's nice that uh, people come uh, to your studio and uh, or they contact you i want to buy something in the very first email but this rarely happens so you need to have conversations you you need to share things yeah. and all these things but in the end time is limited and it's like you you <laughs> want to sometimes it's it, you you cannot talk for hours and months and years with people that never in intend um that they never um have the intention in their in their mind to buy something so it, it's like you know having the balance of meeting people and having yeah. exhibitions and all that all these things but everything most of the time you pay out of your own pocket it's an investment and um and after a while <laughs> after a while you want to to get something back and yeah. so it's it's not like and it's it's difficult to to uh, have yeah. that balance between like oh it's about community and inspiration and mm -hmm. i want to give something the to the world i produce something beautiful i want to to make yeah. the world even better but yeah, yeah i have to sell sometimes i, know, well. I want to ask you though victoria so which one do you lean towards if any um commissions or projects and putting those out so customer commissions are doing your own projects on do you um, kind of prefer actually it, it's my um it's my um originals because i can okay. plan that better but um sometimes um i have pieces and they're sold out and people want to have a similar piece then i offer them uh, a ordering a commission so that's possible as well but to be honest i'm not a fan of commission because um it it depends yeah. uh, how yeah. the people are and how open the people are you know they have you can have millions of um pictures and images in your mind and if you talk about something that's not visible at the moment because you plan um, a painting for a client and he or she talks about her her or his vision it can completely different to um, your vision uh, and yeah. so it, it's hard um, to satisfy people there are people they they are totally open and um, they they know they like your style and they um yeah. they tell you oh i like these colors and i like um this style but i yeah. want to be open to um to create something um that's new and exciting and with a so commission you have something like it's a frame and um yeah. it's a box and you cannot you cannot be that Limited. creative and because the the the, yeah. the person paid you up front you have the pressure that um it should be a success and so that's the reason why i'm not a fan of yeah. commissions but it's like there are people that are totally open and they trust you and people yeah. they have something in their minds and then i 
I would say, okay, that's that's not for me. And I would rather tell them, um, no, it's not about the money. I, I cannot satisfy you. Um, you need to go to someone else Definitely. that is, you know, an artist that is specialized in commissions. What, what are your experiences? My experiences are similar. So I do take commissions um, and previously I took way more than I did right now because I was trying to grow. I wasn't making money from it. I'm like, all right, I am going to take on a series of commissions and try to get more supplies and build it up. As I go along, um, I get more out of it personally by experimenting and doing my own project because it's off as kind of therapy for me. That's what art started as. Mm -hmm. Somebody asked me something to use a medium of expression. I didn't necessarily start out, well, I started out any at all um, with a business venture in mind. It kind of just went that direction over time. But I don't want to lose the element of it being something that brings me peace and it being my voice. And if it goes solely commissioned, after a while, you aren't expressing your story and your ideas mm. as much anymore. Um, I guess if you're doing like portraits, then that's yeah. probably good. Yeah. But again, for persons like us who don't necessarily do portraits, it's more staying with an idea. And you, may, you might get halfway through and then want to go a completely different direction. If it's a commission, you can't necessarily do that. And as you say, if you've already gotten paid, feel kind of restricted and pressured and there's a time constraint and mm -hmm. I, I have a job outside of doing art and so I have to be very careful with my okay time because uh, with my job it could be that then for the next three days I can't create anything but here I have a client waiting on me so that can be problematic so I have to turn down a lot of permissions um maybe because of the subject matter the style or time as you said the time is very limited so we have to have persons appreciate that as artists it takes time um we want to be compensated for that time and we want the time to be respected you know it is it is a very personal thing to sit with a blank can and kind of just let you go off onto it. It, it, it it's work work I, I don't know if a lot of persons understand that it is work but you know it is it is i suppose it comes with the, the journey you know not everyone will have that deep appreciation for what you do but when you do meet mm -hmm. those persons that get it uh, it's a special special moment when you see that appreciation from some and they show that appreciation by purchasing. And now you know that they, this part of your journey is now a part of their journey. It's something you can talk about and you can reference. Really this, is, this is a really good feeling. I, I think it's the dream of a lot of artists that they can um, create their, um, their work without working for a target market without um, working for galleries for clients and money comes in and so i i think this is the reason why um there is um 
such a hype around, you know, all the digital things and NFTs as well, because it's like yeah. um, a way for artists that, oh, I can do something once and then I can earn royalties uh, from it. And if someone sells it, I and I set up royalties for, for every sale, I, yeah. I can... I can earn money for for lifetime literally like like that and i think it's like you know all these passive income streams and all these oh it's it's a secret and everyone wants to do it and um it's um hard work and i, I don't think uh, something like that even exists that something goes completely passively so it's like you need to do it's not about the product it's about um the brand and it's it takes you years until you you mm -hmm. um yeah found your your style you you found your voice how to talk to people how is your interaction yeah. through social media what's what's your your style and it's not about um the art you create it's about um how you interact the people it's a branding thing as well and at the beginning, it uh, I think it takes you maybe three to five years, maybe 10 years that you develop a certain style and you find the right Three. people that really appreciate what you do. And it can be that after a couple of years, you change that. And it's like all these uh, marketing gurus out there, they um, tell you, you just need to find the right target market <laughs> and then market to these people and then um, everything goes well and stuff like that. But um, for me There's at the beginning, it. It, you, you need to, it's, it's like, and then some people that they have, um, oh, I have high-priced art. I need to find millionaires. I need to find collectors. I need to find these people. And they yeah. don't think about the fact that in their friend circle or maybe their, their, the, the circles they, they, are, they are in, they don't have any touch points. And then it, it's like, it depend, at the beginning, it depends on your friends, family, co-workers circle, what target market you need to choose because these people are your first touch points. These people are the first people that are willing to Very buy your work and, and uh, to, to imagine um, what can be if I have a network of 100 millionaires um, buying art and um, collectors this is a wrong approach because how can you get in touch with these millionaires it's not like oh i sent them an uh, email or i find them on, on social media no it, it it's not how it works and this is what yeah. so many people uh, forget about it or no one tells them that it really depends on your com community you already have and then yeah. from there you can expand and you can find other circles and other communities yeah. but at the beginning it really depends what you already have yes uh, I, and i agree personal referrals um network will always be more valuable than running an ad to run ads at times 
on my um, social media. So if I have a particular piece, uh, I may run an ad marketing that piece, um, or I just have a general ad that funnels persons to mm -hmm. my page. Um, I have my website set up. It's not a proper website yet. It's more of a mini gallery to show what is available, the sizes that are available, and the prices. So instead of mm -hmm. persons trying to dig through my social media, mm -hmm. they have the landing page. Um, as far as NFTs, again, that's all community. And I think all, what a lot of persons aren't understanding about NFTs the ones that will stick around and that will go rapidly, they have utility. It's like a membership card. Yeah, it might be represented with a cape or a dog or whatever, but two or three things will drive it. It may be something that someone can quickly flip for revenue, in which case they don't care about the art, what all, it's mm -hmm. just the money. The second thing would be, again, like it's a club. If you have this NFT, then you get a discount, you get private access, you get membership. It's like you have a Discord server or Patreon. Some persons use, use Patreon. I see a lot of artists making use of Patreon where they do tutorials. And that's another revenue stream for them. We have members of their network or community sign up and they pay the subscription and they get access. Um, with NFTs, I've listed a few. I, I haven't sold any yet. Uh, crypto isn't big in Jamaica at all. You know, the vast majority, 99 percent, 90 something percent of Jamaica isn't invested like that. And if they are, they aren't necessarily using what they have to buy NFTs. And so I have sold people internationally, but the bulk of my audience is still here. Um, so one of the things I have to do here is to see if I can expand a bit more, um, not necessarily for the purpose of NFTs, but on a whole, try to um, enter new markets. And, you know, mm -hmm. actually, yeah, the community essentially. And, and try did, not to did have the ads, the ads, um, did they work for you? Because this is a myth as well, that people, they think, oh, I buy some ads uh, on Facebook or Instagram okay, and then magically okay. I sell something. And uh, it's, it's most of the time it's not the case. So I was asking you if the ads worked for you. It's, it's, it's hit and miss. I have had successful ads and um, the ethics really help to tell you how many persons, you know, click started a conversation, went to the website, and so on. So I tried to keep abreast of my numbers. Um, but I have had a successful ad because what, they, what some persons have done, they will forward the post to me to inquire about it. And I have closed a few sales persons doing that. Or persons will say, hey, I saw your ad running. Uh, mm -hmm. They get an email or call or WhatsApp. Um, so it has worked out. Um, I, I, I wouldn't say that the majority of ads produce sales, no. no. Okay, it's, it sounds like ads, they produce more interactions and more conversations and you ne still need to do um, the work. It's not like yeah. click there 
and buy something no, and, no. Then, and it's done. It's not oh, e-commerce, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So and this is uh, the big yeah. difference, I, I think. It's it's um, you. The ads are a starter for more um, conversations, and they can open up opportunities. But yeah. um, it's it's not necessarily it's not that it leads to yeah. <laughs> automatic sales. Oh. Yeah, this is the really? secret. <laughs> Really, it has happened a few times, but no, the majority no. of times it's questions and conversation. And some people will come back weeks or even months later um, to actually get the piece. Sometimes I'm surprised. Yeah. I didn't even remember we had yeah. the piece and it's been so long, but, you know, I'm happy yeah. they came back. <laughs> so, yeah. Let me ask you one one question, that and because what I, or the kind of revolving theme um, from you guys is kind of that the the marketing side or the community building part or however you want to um, or branding however label you want to put um, at it at the end of the day is super important um, and um, I think it's also an important or kind of plays out um, what we're seeing in the NFT space um, meaning let me ask you what do you think <coughs> sorry is at the end of the day more important meaning on the one hand uh, let's call it skill and, and craftsmanship because i think um, that was something that i always uh, appreciated um, about art meaning the the skill and the yeah of the oh, artist yeah. and the, the craftsmanship yeah. behind <laughs> it um yeah. compared to um yeah i don't know modern art or whatever where, where people put bananas with duct tape at the wall and say that's art um that's something where i I don't know. I'm not <laughs> smart enough to understand the, the deeper meaning um, behind it. Um, yeah. So uh, what I want to say with that is what is at the end of the day more important for an artist? Should I, as you mentioned earlier, time is the, is the bottleneck for all of us. Um, should you put more time in um, yeah, improving your skills, um, working on your art, on your, on your craft, um, so to speak? Um, or is it more important to say, no, I need to put also time in my marketing, in my branding, in my uh, yeah, business side of things, in my, my building a client base um, and so on? Because that's also what, from my ignorant point of view, is happening a little bit in the NFT space. We have uh, things like crypto punks and gorillas, which from a from a craft or skill perspective is zero to none. Correct me if I'm wrong. It's literally just... A random generator and then you create 10,000 uh, nfts and make a collection yeah. out of it and all look a little bit different and because it's limited and you now have that scarcity um thing that yeah. always plays a big role in art now people are paying yeah hundreds of thousands or, or millions Million. for um, for for jpeg yeah. or not really the jpeg itself but the recipe um that they paid a lot of money for the JPEG, um, because at the end of the day, all these NFTs, I think you can download them completely um, from a Google Drive. It's, I think, three terabytes of data where you can actually yeah. download all the things. So um, I think that's a good example where we see, okay, is there really much skill or use or craftsmanship behind um, yeah. this kind of digital art? Um, or is it I more, the... hey, um, I can make yeah. a quick buck on the, on the other hand? Those are more marketing efforts. Um, they actually they spend a lot of money building networks. So a lot of the NFTs that are really popular 
whatsoever. It's a, it's a business. It's networking. That's literally what they're trying to do, and that's all. Um, and then the image is more of a status symbol than like a brand logo. Um, so you will go on Twitter and you will see a lot of persons changing their profile pictures to whichever NFT they purchase or the most expensive of a collection. You will see persons showing it in music videos, um, persons printing it on shoes. It's the new super exclusive status symbol. Um, but there are, are the, the artists right now, like the traditional artists, are not getting as much attention in this, but some are doing really well. Um, some persons, what they've done, and what I'm considering to do with these, is to, if you purchase the NFT, you get access to the print or a canvas or something like that. I will package the NFT with a physical product. And that stemmed from an interview that I watched with an artist who has done that. Um, and he's done fairly well with it. So the NFT gets you access to exclusive pieces from him. But before you get to that point, there has to be a demand for the person, for persons to even care that much. Um, so it all goes back to branding the community, especially for NFTs, because just purchasing a digital image from me, if it's not like for your company or logo or whatever, just buying the NFT, you won't have to for it if we're being honest. And if I'm not an in-demand artist, you can't flip it. You just spent money on something that has no utility. And later on, I think we'll see more NFT galleries. They're popping up, virtual art shows, um, virtual reality is coming. And I think persons are putting out screens. I keep putting my hand out around this. Putting out screens <laughs> that can actually display your NFT. So I think we will get to a point where there will be more utility and more use cases. Um, and there are a lot of use cases for NFTs. Art is just probably the most popular one right now. Eventually, you know, things like contracts, deeds, leases, you could potentially use it for that. Album releases, music, um, all of that. But the space is still very new and still in a bubble. There are a lot of people making money, but even people losing money. But the people that are losing the money don't like to highlight that they're losing the money. <laughs> and so you see the big headlines. They're the minority. The big headlines of the million dollar flips, they are the minority. And even some of those are marketing efforts. It's people that know each other and they know if that they sell it to each other, they make the headlines and they get profit later on. So, you know, you can't be too caught up in the hype because it is literally hype. And the majority of those projects will fall flat. And they tell it themselves. You know, if you follow persons who are active in this space, they're like, hey, if you're here to try something, try it. Know that you may just lose your money and in a couple of years, would have moved on to something else. Especially if there's no utility and it's not like actual art. Persons didn't buy it because this inspired them and it connected with them on an emotional level, or intellectual level, spiritual level, whatever the case may be. There wasn't that. It was just hype. So it, it, there's a lot coming and a lot happening. I think as artists, what we do is, again, just remember what we're in it, what we're trying to do, what we're trying to create and share. The markets will 
split. Different technologies will come, come along, but who are you as an artist? And what are you trying to say? You know, keep that art integrity and don't just try to chase the code will come back. Everything comes down. And if you are solid and if you have good work and have a good line um, of communication, then you should be fine. Should we hope? <laughs> yeah. So, do I understand you correctly that besides the fact that, uh, as you say, I think in the NFT space there are a lot of, um, well, not to call them grifters, but people that uh, are out to make a quick um, buck, which would kind of reinforce the statement that probably both of you guys said, which shows just how important it is to to have an audience, to, to build um, a yeah. brand and not be distracted by the daily news or the hottest trends today and um, whatnot. Um, yeah, and I, I would agree definitely to the to the point um, that it's important um, to, to build that audience or put the marketing efforts. Um, for me, it's just a question. Um, yeah, again, where I, I get a little sad when I see very talented artists um, from a skill level not getting the, the attention or the, the monetary um, value at the end of the day for the art because they are not um, so good maybe at the marketing. Or at the sales media. <laughs> yeah. I, I wanted to add something to this. Um, because sometimes you see um, a pixel art and you um, it's it's you think it's simple and it's just one piece out of a huge portfolio of an artist yeah. and check out people's portfolio he is a highly skilled artist and he is. He, is. He, he does this for for years many work. years yeah. and his yeah. his work is is amazing and it's uh, highly skilled and sometimes people just see one piece, a fraction of the artist does and has done. And so it's it's just like um, a lot of abstract artists um, before they became famous um, with one brush stroke on a canvas and it's selling for a million or so stuff like that. They uh, check out their portfolios and before they did... Uh, hyper-realistic paintings, uh, they did um, mm. great installation work, they did, did so mm. many other things and they are highly creative, they are highly skilled and sometimes you just see um, one, one piece of art and you think, oh, that's so easy, I could do that and actually it, it, it is a process, it is a story behind it and it's an artist brand and he or she built that up through all the other things he or she put out um, on the market. And um, most of the time, yeah. you just see a fraction of an artist's work. And I think this is very important to know. Oh, I was just saying, I learned that lesson with um, painting um, because I, I was doing ink on paper, then moved to digital, and then started trying acrylics, and <laughs> it is a task, <laughs> and especially for something, if, you, if you're going from digital first to acrylic, some of the processes are split, 
for some shadows shadows are not easy to do for some things to get that gradient um so i would say to person before you critique uh, an artist's style check for yourself go get some art supplies and see if you can access what they do with the efficiency that they do it the majority of times no <laughs> no so it, it's mm -hmm. really easy to look at someone's work and say oh that's simple or you know you could do it not necessarily and you didn't even let's say you could you didn't why do you feel the need to try to invalidate what they've done mm -hmm. you know if you appreciate it you appreciate it if you don't you don't but you know some things i do question in the art world let's be honest the banana tape to the wall i don't know I, again I, well, just like you I, don't know. I've seen invisible sculptures being sold. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> beauty is in the eye of the beholder. I think that's definitely true. But as you say, sometimes, yeah. 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 People, people are different. But what do you think? I mean, both of you guys are more like um, or produce a lot of tangible arts, meaning paintings on Canva, uh, something that you literally can yeah, yeah. put in your office, put in your home, and so on. Um, I, I don't really see the use case for digital art as yet. I mean, of course, besides the fact um, that we have design and graphic design and all this stuff on in a, in a digital world basically all the time. But um, yeah, from an artistic and maybe abstract uh, point of view, we don't really, I don't know, pay hundreds or thousands of dollars to have a nice wallpaper background on my desktop or, or things like that. Maybe maybe that is going to change with with nfts but where do you guys see the trends do you say hey, the next decades people will still buy and and use and value um yeah tangible art um or is it really that you think nah, every artist should have a kind of a digital strategy or plan or yeah at least think about it because that's where the future um, trends are moving to i, I think it's both yeah you want to start Roman? No, no, no. no. Okay. Fine. I, I think yeah. it's, it's both. We still are humans and we live from personal connections and we want to touch things. We want to meet people in person. And, um, but I think with um, the, the upcoming, you know, metaverse and that you can buy digital space and all these things, um, for sure, there it it will change everything completely in some way and we we don't know exactly what what's going to happen and how we humans can interact with that and how satisfying this will be if it's just digital and um what tools and devices will help us to to get a real experience that it can evoke real feelings um so I, I think it is is a super new and super exciting um thing but i still do um i i think that you know we're humans and we cannot totally disconnect from all these physical things and we still need a place to live we want to fill our homes and office spaces with something 
we like and um, oftentimes I think it's good if you don't look at screens all the time and uh, you, you, you just want to have something to relax and something that's standing still and you can train your brain to come up with own imaginations with own um, images and uh, I think if you if you're just rely on the digital world and uh, to to get in input and to to get imagination uh, it's it's really bad for our health but it it will it will have good sides and bad sides um, as well but i i do yeah. think that for example nfts are here to stay for sure um and uh, a lot of artists uh, will find um their place in this field but it really depends yeah. um how collectors can share their collections with other people or um will people have um, a screen in their homes and they showcase their uh, collections to other people and so on if is is there something like a hype that people really want to show their digital um, collections or something like that. And uh, we don't see that yet, but maybe in a couple of years. I agree. I agree. I think we're, we're still a, a several number of years away from um, mainstream adoption to where um, someone would opt to buy a screen to put in their home or office just to display an NFT can be very costly because thinking now to get the screen itself is probably going to be electricity and then you're going to have to get the NFT. Um, so mainstream wireless will, I think that's some from now, but I, I agree they are here to stay. Um, I think what we'll see first is the NFT galleries coming out and persons may be doing like virtual reality to give persons exposure to it, but that's personal adoption, we are, there are some ways um, from that. But with um, painting, acrylics, oil, and so on, there is something about it, the texture, it, it, it's different. And this is, you know, coming from someone who has both and I'm not even that good at acrylics, there is, there's something you can't replicate digitally. It's not the same experience. It's a different experience and it's interesting, a well-done piece of art is a very special thing. When you sit in front of it, immerse yourself into it, and you see the grain, you see the texture, you can see the brushstroke, you can see where the artist uh, maybe change their mind. It, you go on a, an adventure, you go on a journey. You see how it interacts with different lighting, you move it around your home, and you, know, you see what happens with that. I think both will exist. Um, I don't think regular, not regular, but traditional art then is going in. So, you know, it's a case of how persons will choose to use the new technology. For some, nothing will ever replace uh, authentic painting on the wall. And, and, and as Victoria said, the screens, we are exposure to screens at the moment. They are necessary even in some cases, but you know, you don't want to just be staring at screens and bright light all the time. And I think with the pandemic right now, a lot of persons 
working mm. from home. Um, mm. Their screen time has increased. They're on the phone, the tablet, the TV all day. And I've heard more and more persons complaining about the eyes, their posture and so on. So, you know, we have to be cautious about how much screen time we're in and be mindful of our health, you know, and just compromise our health for whatever new piece of technology comes out. Yeah. So can you maybe share um, just a practical, let's call it call it strategy or, or your approach? I think you shared a little bit in the beginning, but um, how how would you approach it then from a let's say marketing um, perspective and and strategy? Let's say I think I can. I don't know, paint something or sketch something or whatnot. Um, again, as you said, Romain, um, I think, uh, and that's also how I kind of experience it from, from the sidelines. I think you just shared the stuff that you made and then how you learned and then how you grow and how you changed your styles over time. And I think that's right. how you built, built your audience and, and your following. Um, should I have a website? Should I have it? intentionally what would be your or what it was your your strategy and what was maybe things that you would say looking back maybe i wouldn't do that uh, today or maybe i would start okay. um different because i think both of you um yeah coming from a little different starting points and it's probably very interesting to see what uh, yeah what worked in the past and uh, what didn't um with the so there is intent and even if on the surface you don't necessarily see it because some things are just for you, the business. Um, so I do a lot, my job is essentially marketing. Um, so there is always intent. There is always a strategy um, to some degree with what I'm doing. Since I decided to actually make it business, if you're going to provide a service, then try to provide it properly or don't, you know. So try to have your site. So if you are putting out a lot of content like I do, I will just throw out random things. For some persons, it's kind of scheduled or often, but I will throw experimental pieces, everything, so it can be cluttered. A website can be that regard. Um, try to have your process aligned, like what are the options available, the turnaround time, um, have documentation ready in terms of like your receipts or an invoice. Um, if you're doing proposals, try to have the templates done ahead of time because all of that really, you know, helps with time. Have your process from start to finish figured out every and so on. Um, know how far you are willing to go in terms of commission. Explain to persons ahead of time that if you require a certain number of then it may cost you X. Um, let's say the first three re revisions are free, so that I will have to charge. Um, just have the business element done. What percentage deposit do they need? Is it full upfront? Is it partial? All that ironed out on the business end. On the marketing end, I don't think we can add at this point, depending on your situation depending on the community that you have on a connection if you are starting from let's say ground you're not in the art community i'm not trained in art i didn't go to art schools so i'm not coming from that community i didn't have 
a network of artists to, you know, essentially get my name there. Uh, it's just putting stuff on IG. And at first it was hoping for the best. Then I learned how to use targeted ads um, to make myself a little bit more visible. What I've done as well is to highlight my customers. Um, I will post someone with the piece. I encourage them to send me content of the piece in the home. Because I will finish a piece, I don't have that many places I can take a picture of it to show you. So when someone sends me the image of it in a space, I'll try to use that image. Um, so that's something I learned when I was manufacturing clothes at that point, producing gym wear and so on. Um, and I realized that it really helps the community when see each other, community members start engaging community members build relationships. If persons don't communicate, you don't necessarily have a community, you have an audience, and there is a difference. The community independent of you will engage each other, they look out for each other, they send each other things, and you build that up. Um, if it's just everyone isolated, and it's a little bit more, more tricky. But in terms of the branding, um, you kind of have to define who you are. And then in, in some of my content is entertaining. Um, some of it is personal, some of it is just um, getting persons to feel good after a long day, but that works for me. I've seen other artists where there's almost no element their personal life on their page at all. They're not in the story, not in anything else. It's all just work, but they produce so much and they're always at it at such standard that you you want to see what they're doing. You did. It doesn't matter if they're putting a person or not. It's they document. Some persons have YouTube channels. Um, I, I have no talent where that is concerned, so I don't trouble YouTube, but if you that you're good in front of a camera, make use of it. Um, video, I used to video my drawing, um, just my hands though, because nobody needs to see all of that, right? So I would just have the mount set up, I have the chair, and I would post sketches. I would do like time-up drawings to see what can I join five minutes, 10 minutes, half an hour, and I would post those videos. Um, I've had reaction videos to person seeing a piece of my work for the first time. Um, and then I might run and add with that video if it does well. If it proves that it can engage and entertain. And so it's a mix of different things and it's experimentation. Some persons want to do all of that and they won't have to. Other persons, it may just be what you You may have to entertain along with producing your art. And a lot of the artists I personally on Instagram and YouTube, they entertain like, they're extremely talented, um, but they find a way to put to what do you call it? Present their content that makes you want to tune into them every day. So, you know, that's something a little bit more personal. I don't think there's a standard way of going about marketing art. You you kind of have to develop it and you know choose how you want your story presented and. Just keep building on the story. Yeah. Cool. That that was a lot and very practical and helpful. I think a few nuggets for the audience here, definitely. 
Anything to add from, from your side or from your experience, Victoria? Yes, um, I want to add uh, two or three nuggets as well, but in, in a short way. But Roman, <laughs> that this was very insightful. <laughs> so um, my practical step, if I'm if I'm starting out tomorrow and I'm a beginner, I would um, um, decide for one style, put it out there, get some feedback on your work. And before you decide uh, to quit your, your job, make sure that you're really skilled in sales. Most people stop. Um, they know it's important um, to do a lot of marketing and marketing and then it's done. No, it's about um, the sales. And if, um, if someone reaches out to you, I'm interested in this piece and you're not you don't know how to convert uh, the lead into a buyer, um, you can forget about it because um, it's not about the marketing, it's about uh, the selling skills. And most people do forget that. And most um, consultants out there, they forget, forget about that as well because it's one of the hardest parts. It can be that you need to hop on a call with the person and try to positively convince him um, uh, to, to buy something and this um, scares a lot of artists away. And um, this is my golden nugget. It is about um, improving your sales skills before you, um, you decide uh, quitting your job. Yeah, definitely. But what, what would be, because correct me if I'm wrong, but I would put out the statement that creative people probably um, more than the average human are even more averse um, against selling and and uh, yeah putting um, her or himself out there so do we have any tips how you um, approach it to kind of i don't know overcome that or don't even get into the situation that it feels we are in a sales situation but just uh, yeah more, more comfortable any any tricks that you can share here I think I think a lot of artists and creatives, not just artists, a lot of creatives are feel guilt about selling their art. And I can relate. I've been there when I draw something and somebody said the price, and there's just this fluttering feeling like I don't want to tell them. Get over it. You know the work. You the work that you put in time, the years of experience. Um, Let's say you managed to, to produce a piece in half an hour and then you want to sell that for a price that someone considered high. In years to be able to produce that piece in half an hour, you weren't producing that piece on day one, that, you know, that level of efficiency and quality. So don't feel guilty about for compensation. But I will say, though, understand where you are in the market because you can price yourself out um, as well as you can on the price. So that's something that you kind of test and you experiment and be honest and upfront. Your price, this is your price. And, you know, it, it, don't try to convince everyone why you're priced where you are. A lot of artists get caught up in trying to convince the, the audience to the T why it's like, it's my price. So are you, you know, you are 
still appreciative of what I've created. Um, you can afford it, sure, but I know what I've done to get here, and it is justifiable. It's not a grip, it's not a trick, it's not a quick flip. This is me, the artist, and this is what I think my value is. So be, a, be realistic, be upfront, and be comfortable selling. As Victoria said, selling is extremely important. You can't shy away from it. Um, because when you need to go get supplies, they won't shy away from charging you for those supplies. You don't have to pay for those. So, you know, and it is, it is just business. It is business. I, I, a lot of persons don't look at art as business. I think, mm-hmm. you know, a person feel like art should be free. You, the artist, should just do it and ready for us to consume and to entertain us. No, no, we can't do that. We, we have um, our own goals and things that we need to get. But we have bills to pay. Um, and our art is very physically demanding. You, you, you bust your eyes. Actually, I broke my neck after long sessions of joy. After all of the discomfort I feel, no, I'm not dropping my price. You know, so just be be confident and comfortable charging what you think you deserve to get. And that's in all aspects of life. I think the trick is just um, know that it's a truth fact. If you don't ask for the sale, you lose time and you won't make the sale. So um, if you have that in your head, and um, if you talk to to person and you make a bold statement that um, you're here for inspiration and for selling and just wait for the reaction. And yes, it could be that re- the reaction is, oh, I just wanted to visit a real artist studio and um, I just want to look around. I uh, no, I don't buy something. Yeah, it, it feels like, uh, yes, something like, you don't get a good feeling then because you um, were put in the situa- situation of um, the artists, the, the artists that just want to wanted to sell something, but just feel mm-hmm. how what kind of emotions come up, and then um, yeah. think about why do these e- emotions come up. Is it because of the society, your own belief system, your own belief system that you're not worthy enough to make money for what uh, w- uh, doing what you love and stuff like that? And I, I think this this is a, just a learning process. So, so some persons will just want to have a conversation with your art because you know it evokes some feeling. They aren't necessarily trying to purchase it, so. And I don't jump the gun trying to, to sell someone something if they didn't necessarily express interest. You can have the conversation, allow them to share how you made them feel, and then ask if they're interested in it again. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, don't just hit them with a price as soon as the conversation starts. Yeah. yeah. What would you say how, um, let's call it dependent or how important maybe um, are, let's call it third-party services. And what I mean by that, that could be um, an art gallery or um, a website or um, anything like that. Because what I'm 
hearing is that at the end of the day, um, the sale happens most of the time in a personal conversation, maybe face to face, maybe on the phone, maybe on, on, on WhatsApp um, or things of that nature, which is um, yeah, the same in, in, in my business or probably in most um, yeah, service businesses or where you're talking potentially about um, a lot of money. You just want to know who you are dealing with. Um, so how important is that at the end of the day for an artist today? Or is it literally that you could say with a social media account, probably primarily Instagram or, or LinkedIn, um, depending of the audience, um, is already enough. And then um, I only need a personal conversation again on the phone or, or in person. Um, or what would be, yeah, well, what is your experience after a few years in the business now? It can help, but um, it's about if if you're looking for a gallery and if you're starting out, forget it because no um, gallery will take you on board because you're a beginner and you don't bring the network with you. Most of the mm. time, if you bring the network with you, you get galleries, you get an art consultant, you get everything. But it, before you haven't built up your commun community, no one wants to work with you. So mm -hmm. it's like there is no quick and easy way how to get into the market. So and um, I, I think um, you should really focus on one channel like, OK, I really uh, focus my time and energy on um, LinkedIn or maybe Instagram and then I try to build up a community there and if I am yeah. managed uh, to, to do that uh, in a way that I have growth and I, I see I have more and more conversations, I can expand that and maybe then I can reach out to other people that help me on, on my way like uh, art consultants or maybe a gallery but first you need to build something and it's it's not like that consultants or gallery they just discover you and then um they put time and effort into you and then you uh, become a star and stuff like that and this is more the old way and people tell you oh if you're good enough people will discover you and they do the work for you and then um uh, your life uh, turns out just to be fantastic but um this is you know not if i think under one percent of artists that uh, get lucky like that and it's really the old way and most of the time it's a collaboration collaboration between you and galleries you yeah. both share your networks and if you don't bring your own network uh, you can invite to physical exhibitions or something like that you don't have that much value to to the gallery as well most of the time it's it's a collaboration between um, two parties I agree I agree okay. I think that is certainly the case uh, I've never, well, I haven't had any work put in a gallery, but I've run this, I've, I haven't pursued a gallery exhibition. Um, and I've never worked with an agent. And I suppose those are things that, you know, maybe to a certain level and the demand is, at, you know, you have that demand, and you have the clientele. 
it, it, an age that makes sense. But I do think the gallery is one of the, the, the older ways of doing it. Um, I know, not really know, but I've seen a lot of artists where it is just social media. Yes, they'll put something in, in a gallery from time to time, but their website and social media is it. And they amassed ridiculous followings, um, support. They host their own shows. So I, I'm, I'm not necessarily aiming to be in a gallery. I want to do expos, of course, and things like that. But to, you know, just have a piece there. And we don't necessarily have that culture here in Jamaica. We do have a few galleries, but the average Jamaican isn't getting up on a, on a Saturday to say, hey, I want to do the gallery or the museum. We, we really don't have that culture, especially not in my age group really do that. Um, so outside of shows and ex we you know we don't go for it. I, I don't think I've been to probably one gallery here, which you know isn't necessarily good. I should expose myself to more, but it, it's it's not positioned in a way that makes it interesting or exciting. It's not it feels fun. It feels very old if I'm being honest. And this is not to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's just how a lot of the, the art community is or has been in Jamaica. It's for a while, it's kind of the older, more experienced persons putting out traditional pieces and it's very like native, it's Jamaican scenery and Jamaican history. And uh, it's, it's, I don't find it that interesting, you know, and that's just me. It's their own. Um, but if an artist is coming up, Victoria said the the gallery probably won't look at you unless somehow you have this massive network behind you. Especially for a country like mine, you will have to demonstrate that your portfolio can bring people. Um, unless they're having like a special thing and you know you're a standout artist, something like that. Just a regular feature, you you need notoriety. Mm -hmm. I have to say I'm a bit limited in time. I need to hop on the next call in eight minutes. So, <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely fine. Um, you're right. We're getting close to the ninety minutes mark. So, um, yeah, is there any topic or any thoughts um, that you guys want to get in before we, um, yeah, wrap it up? then because i think um yeah there are probably a lot of uh, nuggets so far and a lot of things that your yeah, future artists can avoid or um, yeah can can make use of but are there anything yeah that we didn't touch on so far or anything to, to add avoid. i don't know i don't know what you would necessarily avoid um because coming from me i, I do a lot of experimentation and i don't know about it but if I was to say to avoid something, it's um, hopping onto every trend that you see. Because there will be trending art styles and trending topics, trending visuals. So that's what I would say to avoid. Just jumping trend to trend to trend to try to get your brand. That's not, that, to me, that's not yeah. a brand. So I would say avoid, avoid trends, if, mm -hmm. if I should say anything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. 
All right, then let me just put one more time your guys' um, handle um, in, mm -hmm. on the screen here. So um, yeah, if um, the audience or everybody listening or watching right now uh, wants to know more about you guys or yeah, wants to have a look on your art um, <laughs> and actually wants to see how it looks like, um, where can people find you? What is the best way to reach out to you guys? It's Ladies Instagram. Words. Instagram is the easiest thing, or maybe my my website. It's redoutside.com. So it's but easier. The easiest way is um, Instagram. And the same for me, um, Mister Underscore Lewis, or the Friendly Alien. If you, well, no, Friendly Alien Art. <laughs> if you type Friendly Alien Art, then <laughs> I should be right there. Yeah. Perfect. And if you're watching this on YouTube, we will also put the links in the description down below so that you can easily find it there. All right. Um, yeah, that's it so far for today's um, live stream. Thanks again for you guys to um, yeah taking the time, uh, sharing your experience, your ups and downs. And um, yeah, everybody watching, if that was helpful to you, feel free to yeah comment, share your thoughts, um, leave a thumbs up give it a like and all the social media stuff. And um, I hope to, hope to see you next time. Have a good one. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. Have